Welcome to Healing Your Families. I'm Emily Penrod and I help you as a parent go from frustration, stress, and overwhelm to calm, confidence, and joy so that you can achieve the quality of family life that you desire. That's what I want for you. And I'm excited for our episode today. I have as my guest Rosalind Sadaka, and she is the founder of the Child Centered Divorce Network. And today we're going to talk about blended families and secrets to successful blended family relationships. Rosalind, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be talking with you again. And I'm glad you could join for this This. This is part of the series on those unique, special situations that families face. And this could well be one of the most challenging. And for parents as well as children, what have you found about the challenges of blended families? Well, they, it definitely can be one of the most challenging experiences in family life. Uh, you may not be aware that there are 20 million blended families in the U.S. alone today. And of course, around the world, there's, there's so, so many. And the numbers keep growing every decade. It keeps doubling. So blended families are becoming more and more common. And that's because divorces and breakups of various kinds keep happening. People are changing partners and moving into different kind of relationship dynamics. And when children are involved, then the children are exposed to these new family dynamics. And the thing to keep in mind about blended families is that when they work, it can be a real blessing in everyone's life because you're taking people who didn't start together, didn't have children together, but they've decided to, that they are in love and they decided to move together and share their family dynamics and their children and, and all the blessings of family life with one another. And it's, it's referred to as bonus families, bonus children, bonus parents, bonus families, because it may have been unexpected initially, but when it works, it's, it's beautiful. And there's, there's more to love, there's more to appreciate, there's more people around to be happy with, and it can be a very positive situation. However, you can understand that when you are combining an existing family of any kind with another family, there's opportunities for all kinds of challenges to, to come about. And so that's what we're going to explore today is, is looking at what, it, what it's all about, what it means, and some, some of the issues that naturally come up and some of the ways we can make sense of it all and smooth, smooth the waters so that everyone in the, in the blended family is in, enjoying their experience and feeling that they count, that they matter, that they're heard and that they're not falling through the cracks. That's very important in family life, don't you think? Absolutely. And you know, each family has its unique climate, their way of doing things, their own you know, energy level speed of doing things and so when you try to combine these two sometimes they can be very different systems there's bound to be conflict and 
you know, like, like two rivers joining together. Yes, well, well said, and you're exactly right about that. Um, different family climates. So um, let, let's separate the conversation into two segments, talking about the parents first and then talking about the children because they're all having individual experiences and they're different, obviously. So two people fall in love. Um, chances are they were divorced, sometimes uh, widowed or other situations, but they're, they're now single and they fall in love. And sometimes one of them has one or more children and sometimes both of them have one or more children. So that alone will be a different dynamic depending on the situation, whether sometimes you're bringing in an, a partner who's never been married and is suddenly becoming a mom or a dad to children of various ages. Sometimes you're bringing in a partner who has been married, has one or more children of different ages, and you have to look at the varying ages of the children because that's going to affect that entire dynamic and, and climate. But let's look at the parents. So the parents hopefully have waited a long time before they've made this decision. They've been dating and in a relationship for a serious amount of time, more than a year. And they, the children involved have had a chance to meet this new partner in their parents' life. And hopefully no one is doing anything un unless they feel that the children are doing well in this meeting and accepting dynamic, because that's so important. If children are not happy with the person that their parent is marrying, then you wanna stop there and, and get some counseling, get some coaching, get some support to work on that because you can't just force a relationship like a family on anyone. And it's um, especially difficult when you're doing that to, to innocent children because they didn't fall in love with your partner, you did. And, and that's an important thing to keep in mind. So you want to be very patient. You want to really do things at a very slow pace. And you want to be able to let your children talk about how they feel about what's going on, how they feel about the partner, how they feel about the new children that may be involved. And you wanna to talk to, to your partner about this and discuss the dynamics and how you could smooth, smooth things out. Sometimes it's the emotional issues that get more complicated. Issues such as jealousy. Um, children can be very jealous of this new partner. They weren't jealous of mom or dad. They grew up with mom or dad being there. But when suddenly there's a new mom or a new dad in, in the um, picture, it can be very compl complicated. And sometimes the children can feel jealous that maybe my mom or dad is loving this new partner more than they love me. And after all, when we're in love and, and we're in that, that lovey-dory state of mind, then there's, there's a certain kind of energy that we exude. And we like being with this new partner and spending time with them. And we have to be very mindful that our kids aren't feeling that they're being pushed aside that our kids aren't being 
aren't feeling that they're second or third place in, in order in, in your life. And you want to talk to children about the, the fact that you have a different kind of love for this new partner than you have for them, that the love you have for them as their parent is 100% permanent. It will always be there. I will always be your mom or dad. I will always love you no matter what happens. We will always be a family and no one is going to change that. And kids have to not only hear that, but feel it. They have to feel secure and confident in the foundation of knowing that some things are changing in our life. Some things are changing dramatically. There may be moving to new, new places and new homes and sharing things and all kinds of changes. But one thing is, is secure, and that's the fact that their parent is still loving them. So that's very important. And you want to discuss that with this new partner to make sure they agree that they feel the same way, that they are not feeling a competition with your children. Because if that happens, that's not healthy, and you want to either end the relationship or get some professional support so that you could handle these relationship dynamics. Because in any family, when people are, adults are competing with children for your love and attention, that is not a, a, a healthy state of mind for you to be in or for your children to have to experience. Do you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. And this, this really sounds, you're, I know through your child-centered divorce, you talk about before, during, and after the divorce, and that thread runs through. You're making sure the child is secure in your love for them. And so the same is true here. You're, and it sounds like there's a, you need that communication. It's a mistake to assume anything. And yeah. I liked what you said about making sure everyone still feels included. Because sometimes maybe the child, maybe they were an only child before, and now they have three siblings. Yes, think about that. It's, it's very dramatic. And so, so the pace has to be very slow. We have to be very mindful. We have to stop and communicate with our kids and gauge how they're feeling at all times, step by step by step by step, and not push. We all know what it feels like to be pushed into something that we're rejecting and, and not happy about. So we don't want to be pushing kids. We want to take it very slowly. We want to create a, rules and agreements with our partner. We're the adults. Your partner is never the parent. They're a co-parent. They're a support system. So they're not disciplining the children because no one should be replacing their, their mother or father, their biological parent or the parent who was parenting them before this breakup. And, and they have to agree and understand that because that'll give them another position in the children's life that's much more acceptable. And so you want to take it step by step before you move into a blended family. And then the, the adults need to make agreements and rules and ways that we're going to approach different things, whether it has to do with discipline, whether it has to do with, with um, routines, bedtime and how we handle certain things, schedules and who's taking them to school and taking them to sports and all the 
routine things that happen in life, we want to make sure that the other parent is in a, a, attunement with us, aligned with us, and, and agreeing about these things. And then it's, it's healthy to have a meeting with the children and say, these are some of our established rules, agreements, guidelines that we're doing now as a, as a new family. We all agree, this is what we do before dinner and after dinner. This is what we do in the morning. This is what we do regarding getting to school and et cetera, and all the different dynamics that every family has to deal with when we state them. And also it's good to have the children participate in creating some of these rules. There are certain rules and boundaries that the parents are gonna create by themselves because that's what parents do. But it's also good to throw out questions and say, what do you suggest is the best way we handle picking up from school? Since you're both in the same school, can you pick Johnny up from his classroom before we go and, and catch the bus or the car or whatever's going on? Ask questions, who'd like to do this? What if we rotate um, the dishes, cleaning up various things and, and get some agreements. When children are in agreement about things, they're more likely to follow that agreement. Absolutely. Yeah. Imposed totally on them. Yes. <laughs> Much. Yeah. That agreement. I think I love the way you put that. The parents set the boundaries, but those areas, you know, they, they get the children's cooperation. They can explain, this is why we need to do it this way. But, you know, do we want, what approach do we want? Or how do we want to accomplish it? This is what we need to accomplish. Now, how do we want to accomplish that? I love the way you put that, that, yeah. you know, the, the parents have the leadership role. They're in charge of the family. They need to make sure everything's safe and everyone's included but they don't have to control everything and right. getting that input. The more inclusive everything is, the more children feel they have a voice and they're not being stepped on. And this is especially important when you have kids of different ages because the teenagers or the older kids are very likely to push their way into saying, I want this, I like this. And, and the younger kids may not get their voice heard unless the parents are there saying, okay, let's hear from everyone and let, let everyone's opinion matter. And I think, yes, I agree. I think we're finally past the time when we used to say, oh, you're getting a new mother or something like that. We're recognizing this is a different role. Yes. <laughs> and, and I think we're finally learning that we need to listen to children. We can't just assume that we're doing what's best for them. We really need that communication. I agree with you. And, and so boundaries are very important, important, setting boundaries and setting boundaries on, on how we express ourselves and how we agree or disagree with things so that everyone is being respectful. It's very easy to get frustrated and disrespect these other people, these strangers, this, this other family that's invaded my universe and get very possessive. And again, this may take a lot of trial and error and maybe we tried this and that approach didn't work so well and we've learned something and we'll try that, that approach instead. And 
we're open to suggestions. Let's talk about this at, at the family meeting. This worked and that worked. We're not, we're not too happy with the outcome of the other thing. And who has an idea of what we can do better or what would make it better for everyone? And again, it's, it's a slow, steady, patient way of, you're, you're creating a little village in a sense, a new community. And it's different than when you're born in a nuclear family where it is what it is and no one had any say about it. You're just, you're just born there. So in, that's why in some ways it can be more rewarding when it works well. And in other ways it can be much more confrontational and, and, and difficult. But it improves if everyone is there looking and asking for everyone else's opinion. And that's why it's so important to put yourself in your children's shoes, put yourself in the stepchildren's shoes, and put yourself in your new partner's shoes. It's very difficult to be a new partner to someone else's kids. And we have to realize that we can't expect kids to like us, let alone love us instantaneously kids kids will bitch and complain about school and other kids and things like that so to suddenly have someone else living in the same home sharing things that they weren't they didn't have to share before uh, it's it's very complicated and so we need our best communication skills and we need our our best temperaments and mindfulness and talking about these things. But over time, um, a lot of blended families will say that things have improved because we worked through this, we learned we can't do that. We, we tried it a different way and it, it's a trial and error. It's a learning experience. You've made, um, yeah, it is. It is truly a learning experience. You made several points that I just wanted to highlight you mentioned time, you know, patience. It will take time. It isn't a matter of you met someone and three months, you know, let's get married. You're giving everyone time to get used to this new situation. I also like the way you pointed out your, rather than saying, okay, when I come pick you up, you go get your younger step sibling and meet me at the front door. You're asking them, you're saying, this is one way we could do this. Are you willing to do that? You're considering their feelings. Yeah. So it sounds like this is something you're talking about probably every day, checking in with feelings, checking in with how's it going. And I love the way you talked about evaluating having that those family meetings are going to be so important and evaluating so what went well this week what needs improvement and and no blame no assigning blame no you know just curiosity over judgment how yeah. can we make this better i i totally agree and a lot of it has to do with some of the basic parenting skills that that we all know we, we want to be very focused on the children's self-esteem because it's easy for kids to get depressed or start feeling that they don't count or matter or just get very worried about their place in life. And so you wanna catch everyone doing something right and praise them because it's so easy in any family for kids to hear no, 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 most of the time and an occasional yes or an occasional attaboy 
when it should be the opposite. So it's especially important to catch the new stepchildren doing something right and acknowledge them, say, wow, you remembered to do, thanks so much. I sure appreciate your, your doing that. Boy, that was, a, that was a great job you did cleaning up, whatever it is, so that when you're saying things that, that may be more of a discipline, you're also adding things that are, that are positive and complimentary to boost everyone's self-esteem and make everyone feel that they count. And that takes mindfulness, mindful parenting to do that because it's so easy to overlook that. It and, really is. Now I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend in the situation where the new step parent finds their meeting with just, just constant disrespect from one of their stepchildren and you know, they, they really can't discipline. I mean, if they do, it's going to blow up in their face. What's the best way to handle that? The best thing to do is for the new parent to talk to their co-parent rather than the children and let the co-parent talk to their own child and say, John is feeling um, that you really don't like him and he's, he's sad about that. And let, let's talk about why or what he can do different and let, let the parent find out from the child what's up. Sometimes they're not gonna come out with it, but after a conversation, you could coach it out of them and, and find out what is irritating them. We, we definitely don't want to be disciplining children that are not ours because children will innately just back up, put their, their, their uh, fangs out and say, no, who are you? You're not my parent, you're not, how dare you? And so we don't even put ourselves in that position. We let the parent do the disciplining and the, the other parent becomes a friend, a great accessory in, in the family, someone wonderful to, to be with and play with and do things with, but not necessarily the disciplinarian because that'll ease, ease the way. And when something serious, like you mentioned, takes place, then yes, let, let the biological parent talk to the child and find out what's wrong. Why don't you like Susan? And, and whether it's they don't like the new child, the new parent, or they don't like one of the new children, let, let the biological parent first communicate with their own child and ask the questions and find out and see if they can find out. Sometimes it needs to, to be addressed through a, a coach or, or a therapist or child psychologist to get to the root of it. But we want to get to the root of things that are traumatic and dramatic because we don't want anyone in the family to be holding on to, to issues that, that are painful and, and that are frustrating them or depressing them or hurting them. And, and you know, kids have a way of acting out when things aren't right. They're not gonna say, I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that. They're gonna start bullying or, or get depressed or start bedwetting or doing, doing something that they haven't been doing. And, and as parents, we need to be watching and making note, this behavior has changed over the last few months. What's going on here? The sooner we, we can find it, the sooner we can resolve it. I want to underline how you talked about mindful parenting. We're very aware and in tune with our children. I also want to underline you. It's not the biological parent saying, 
you stop being disrespectful, you need to respect him. It's saying, let's talk about this. What, what, can, what needs to happen? Or yeah, I love the way I think you worded it. What does this person need to do? Or what do they need to change? Or, you know, let, acknowledging the children's feelings rather than just discounting them. I think yeah. it's huge. Thank you. Um, it, what it what it does is boost the child to feel like they matter, they count, what they feel matters, that they're being heard, that they're being acknowledged, and every human being needs that, and that we can change this and shift it to make it a win-win if we talk about it and get to the root of it all. And you know, that's that's good in any in any family dynamic. You yeah. want to be able, because sometimes the smallest little shifts can change everything. It doesn't have to be something big. It's catching it and identifying it. What's, what's wrong here? Well, what can we do about that? Yes, and, and you're absolutely right. Children can't really explain. Quite often, they don't know what's wrong. They just know something isn't right. So yes. or they're not they're not feeling good, and that they don't even know something's not right. But they're not feeling good. They're they're sad now. They're mad now. And yes, we as adults have to step up and unravel it. We can't expect expect the kids to. And of course, it's also it's also good to reward positive behavior and reward kids who are trying to step into being more open and accepting with, with the, the other siblings, with the new parent, with whatever's going on, and um, acknowledge the little baby steps they're taking doing this because it isn't going to happen o- overnight. No, it isn't. Now, I'm assuming that through your Child Centered Divorce Network, you provide help with this. I mean, I'm sure blended families is probably a big problem. Oh, yes. So I, I do a lot of work with dating after divorce because we don't want parents who are divorced to make the same mistake again. And we don't want them coming back with divorce number two or three, which we see too often is people become serial divorcers because they've never learned anything. And so dating after divorce is very important to, to find a keeper in a new, healthier relationship. And then, of course, in some cases, we're going to find people who are going to be moving into the blended family. And I, I can help them either personally or through some of the um, programs and courses and ebooks and other material that I have on the Child Center Divorce Network, as well as lots and lots of articles that I've written, uh, many of which are about um, blended families because they are a reality. And as we said in the beginning, they're a growing reality. And we want to support people in not feeling bad and not being afraid to blend families because it's so important to remember that it can be extremely rewarding for everyone involved. And some people are so grateful to have this new extended family, to have new siblings who become friends, to have this other parent role model who they grow to love and respect and really are grateful to have it in their life. So, you know, this, this isn't a Cinderella monster story. This is, this can be a very, a story with a happy ending. It's just that people need to be 
aware of human relationships and realistic expectations as they move through the entire process. That's true. That is so true. So where do people, your articles, uh, you wrote articles on blended families. Uh, do they have access through your network? Everything, everything is at child-centered, with an E-D, centered divorce, childcenteredivorce.com. And there's a free book, ebook at, at the very top of the homepage on post-divorce parenting, which is always important for, for everyone who has a child and going through divorce. And then on my blog are, are tons of articles on, on every facet of divorce and parenting and co-parenting, as well as um, my courses and programs. And there's also a program on anger management for co-parents, because don't forget, while you're playing in the blended family universe, you may also have are dealing with relationships with your co-parent. And I do, before we end, want to mention that we have to be very mindful and respectful about the other biological parent, the, the co-parent on the other side of the equation, who may or may not be in another relationship too, but they, they have a place in blended family and a place of respect and children will be very upset if they're not respected and they're not part of that family equation. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. We need, we do not, we hurt children when we badmouth their parent. You're so right. Yeah, that, that's, that's very important to understand. And when we keep all of this in mind, we open the door to having a happy endings. And that's what I'm all about at the Child Centered Divorce Network is creating happy endings. I love it, Rosalind. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, everyone who attended, for joining us. Come back next week at the same time where we'll be talking about how to program your child's mind for success. This is Emma Lou Penrod at HealingYourFamilies.com.